Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer, and today on the podcast, we're talking about the Nevada caucuses. I just spent several days in Las Vegas on the ground there, and I wanted you to hear who they're voting for and why. First, you're going to hear from Michael Ramirez. He's an organizer for Bernie Sanders' campaign, and we were talking on the side of a soccer field. Why a soccer field? Listen. One of the main things of our campaign is to try to get people engaged where they are. And uh, we actually got this idea from Iowa. Um, our Iowa team, uh, they actually had a tournament like this as well. They actually did it indoors um, because it's so cold in Iowa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got the idea from that. And we just wanted to make sure that we engage people into the campaign. We, uh, we did it specifically during early vote because we want to make sure people know that early voting, uh, which is happening February 15th to the 18th, that it's the, the easiest and quickest way to support Bernie Sanders. Um, so we did it specifically uh, during this time and also did it in this location because it's really close to an early voting site. And uh, what, how do you engage the players here? Do you engage the players, the families? Who, who's the target audience here? Um, it's, really, it's really both. I mean, we have, we have players here. We have uh, families of the players. We also have just people that are popping in because of, uh, because of the food that we're providing. We have tacos. We have uh, elotes, which is corn, and paletas, uh, ice cream. So we just want to, you know, it's President's Day. You know, people have it off. We want to make sure that, um, th- that uh, today when they do have time that they go early vote. Um, during uh, when our national surrogates were here in the morning, uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio from New York and Jose Laluz, they encouraged people to go early vote. They told them about the location. And then when this event is over, we're also going to drive over there and uh, make sure that, you know, people that are eligible to vote, go vote. And you're going to take some voters with you then? We are. Okay, okay. Yep. And uh, so, and this is basically an, another way to touch the community and touch the to folks. This is not something you just... Uh, these are not the first contact you would have had. folks. So how, how many months have you been in Nevada, in this neighborhood? I mean, we've been here uh, for over 10 months now. Um, intentionally organizing. One of our first uh, offices uh, in the state of Nevada was East Las Vegas. And we did that intentionally because we wanted to make sure that the community knew that they were important. Uh, often these communities are overlooked. And um, what Bernie Sanders is about, he said he's going to be the organizer in chief. And what that means is organizing, you know, the folks that um, need representation the most. And some of these uh, communities are those communities. So it's and they're doing the same thing in California. We just reported on a story about that. Very similar. No soccer tournaments, though. Yeah, maybe they will now. Maybe they will now. They're ripping off Vegas. They'll be ripping off Vegas. Um, but it's uh, again, Bernie's been on the ground there since uh, ten months. Same thing there. And it's, whoa, almost <laughs> almost took out a, somebody on the sidelines there. Um, and and that's the key. Is it's like a, a Klobuchar or Buttigieg. They, you know, they they can have success in other places, but they don't have the organization on the ground here. Especially Klobuchar, she doesn't have anybody on the ground until a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. It's hard to compete uh, with that. I mean, do you see anybody on the ground here? Um, I think I think every campaign, you know, they've been doing a, a good job of doing you know the outreach that they want to do here in the state. I think for us, um, we've been consistent. We've been very vocal about that we want to earn the vote of these communities. Uh, specifically in East Las Vegas and North Las Vegas. Um, so we've been, I, I think I'm very proud of uh, the work that we've done. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, every campaign is kind of, you know, 
been doing what, what they feel that they need to be doing. That was Michael Ramirez, and I think he's being a little diplomatic about how the other campaigns don't have the ground game that the Sanders operation has. Next, you're going to hear from Stanley Breland. I met Stanley outside a black church where Joe Biden was speaking in uh, Las Vegas on a Sunday. Uh, Traditionally, politicians go to black churches on Sunday as a way to connect with the black community. The black church is often the hub uh, of the African-American community in many cities. So I wanted to talk with Stanley about what he saw, and I asked him why he voted for Biden. Because, you know what, um, I like what happened the, the eight years when he was in office with Obama. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was handcuffed. Everything that um, Obama was trying to do, the, the, the houses, the House of the Senate, they were, the Republicans was just blocking it. Right. But it was a lot of great policies that was put in place. And I think now that the Republican Congress has stopped blocking it, they're trying to take all, give all the credit to uh, Trump. But I know, I'm smart enough to know that, that that's not his policies. It's actually uh, an extension of Obama-Biden years. So to... The economy, you're speaking of the economy getting the better. The economy so getting better, the jobless rates and all that stuff there, that's going. So watching that, that eight years and seeing what happened in those four years, and then where everything has been dismantled and going in a different direction, where the 1% is being uh, um, put out in front. Right. I feel like it's reversing. Why Biden over any of the other Democrats? I like Biden because Biden is, is proven. You know, he's tough. And, 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 and he's sincere. And just like he spoke earlier, you know, you can, you can, you can tell a, a person's character by the grit. He's seen some things. You know, and um, he's willing to confront it. He he's not conventional. He's not getting outside of of, of, of who he is. He knows he's not trying to be a Barack like some of the other candidates trying to sound like a Barack or um, some of the other candidates trying to be more flamboyant in, in certain areas. He's being Joe, and I, and I identify with the um, person that's willing to be themselves. What did it mean for him to come here today? And, uh, and come to the church and, and speak to people directly. Uh, I tell you, it's awesome. This is what was impressive. You have churches that have a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand people there. Yeah. But he chose first and me to come. You had about how many people out here today? About three hundred. And, and, and our membership um, on the books, we got about we have we have had as many as eight hundred, but five hundred on roster, about, right. about close to six hundred. And here today, it's on Sunday. It was about three, four hundred. About three, four hundred today. Yeah. Okay. And so for him to come, come in the building, and then what was more impressive, politicians come in and they speak and they leave. He came in and staked the whole service. <laughs> And enjoyed the service. He was up and down. He, he identified. And he put something in the collection plate, too. I saw. Yeah, yeah. Put something in the collection plate. I saw, plate. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, him. Yeah. I made sure I saw him put that. He pulled something out of his wallet, too. Like oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he, that he, that he identified, you know, um, some of me being a trustee in the church. And, and I, I was baptized in the church or whatever. Really? But um, for him to sit the whole service and engage meant more. And he, he didn't have to speak today. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he would got probably 99% of the vote without speaking. Really? Because it shows that type of commitment to come in, especially getting hammered, especially getting slandered in the, um, in, in, you know, in, in, in the news and people right. trying to take take fire and thunder away from him. They're doing it because he's a threat. What does it, uh, what did he say that resonated today? He talked about his family. He talked about President Obama. He talked about his history growing up in Delaware and his relations with the black community there. What, what resonated for you? 
He said more about not saying anything when that tear really? dropped out of his eye. When he, he talked, talked about, about his son. Bo, his, his son. What did that tell you? Um, it, it tells me that, that, that he's real. He's human. He, he identifies with hurt and pain. He knows what the struggle is like. He's standing in front trying to be a beacon even when his spirit is broken. And he's willing to, willing, willing to, to suppress that, to go out and, and, and try to help a mass of people. And it's up to us to see the realness to see through all, 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 the, all the political schemes and see the person for who he really is, which is a great character, a good character. And he, and, and, and what he reflected today is a, a reflection of Christ, meaning that people run around with banners saying, what would Jesus do? But Joe is doing what Jesus would do. He's been honest, he's been truthful, he's been caring, he's been upfront, and he took the time out to shake everyone's hand. Well, he stuck around afterwards. Stuck afterwards. around afterwards too, shaking hands. People get twenty five minutes after that. Yeah. So, um, whether whether or not um, other people can approve of this, or uh, 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 it don't really matter. Yeah. When you make an impression, let me say it like this: biggest thing going on right now, and, and uh, Kobe and Gigi and their family. Yes. That um, lost their lives. Kobe Bryant. Yes. What 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 Joe did was, and putting that in perspective. When Kobe Bryant made an impact on all the lives, he came into the league, he was just a little a little kid. And no one really knew, okay, he's just the next knucklehead, whatever. Then t- Kobe did something with his career, and he showed everyone who he really was afterwards, and that was the man, not just the NBA player. And Joe was able to do that today and say, look, I'm not just a vice president or a senator, I'm a father. Yeah, you never thought you'd hear Joe Biden and Kobe Bryant linked as uh, politically, but uh, there you go. Next, I want you to hear from Caitlin and Luis Escobar. I met them at one of the field offices of Pete Buttigieg in Las Vegas, and uh, they're a couple who they volunteer for Pete Buttigieg like for five hours every weekend. And as I said, that's kind of freaky, but here's why they do it. You guys are the super... Uh, volunteers. I mean, almost freakishly so. Uh, which, which a little are, bit. You know, yeah, but, yeah, a little bit. Uh, you, you, you come out and you do doors for five hours. You knock on doors yep. for five hours every weekend. Yes, the, every And you weekend. have done that since um, January. Since the beginning of January, yeah. Okay. And you're not political people, um, but now you're into Pete. Why Pete? He provides that sense of belonging. I think that with, uh, especially me being Latino, I really hate how you know, uh, Hispanics are portrayed as the villain in, in the narrative that is being used to divide us and to just seek power, and that leaves with leaves us with just no solution, no voice. And I want to be able to use my voice to reach my community, reach all communities, and just get to know my neighbors and get to have them be more political, more involved, so that we feel. We, we create this sense of belonging. And I don't know if that's going to happen from the top down or if it's going to happen from the bottom up. So my approach is uh, let's us come together first and see where that takes us. Because Pete, we're, we're talking about this earlier, Pete has you know, not had uh, previously strong support among Latino voters, but what do you hear when you go to the door talking to people? And this is a predominantly Latino neighborhood here in East Los Angeles where you live. We, um, here in Vegas, we there's a lot of um, people like him and they like his policies. Um, there was a little 
lack of name recognition, I think, in the yeah. beginning of the year. Yeah. They didn't know who he was. They had never heard of him. Who's this guy out of Indiana? He's young. The young guy is what I heard a lot in the beginning. Oh, yeah, that young one. Um, but the more people get to know him and the more they hear about him, the more they like him. And I think his policies are um, driven based on community needs, um, Latino population, the Douglas plan, things like that, that are going to make some real difference in these communities. And I am looking forward to some changes. And the for way sure. he communicates it, yeah, that's, the, that's the key. Like, we all have great ideas, but how do you sell that? How do you communicate that? You know, you want to convince people. You're, you're not you're not after trying to divide to, to get your way. We're, we're trying to create, you know, this community that will reach a solution. These are complex questions, complex issues that require unification first and then from there a solution will evolve but i feel like and you you said that sometimes you would when people would say like well who's pete you would speak to the dad in the house in spanish and what would you say yeah well um i just you know introduce myself first and kind of get to know them um tell them about my the candidate that i support and the reasons why um, and just invite him to events so that they can hear what he has to say and they can come to their own conclusions, right? I'm, I'm never after trying to sell on anything. Right. I'm always wanting to just share information. Um, and I feel like even the other day at the rally, there was this complex question that was asked in Spanish and he just, you know, he puts his best foot forward trying to answer it in Spanish. And even I was like, I don't know how I would have answered that question. And I'm fluent it was in like, Spanish. It was like a, it was a minute long. I recorded it. It was like a minute long answer in Spanish. Which it was you, an impressive. And yeah. the fact that he wants to meet voters where they are and he wants to have those conversations. And he also, I appreciate that he's not going uh, to compromise his values and what he brings to the table just to get your vote. Um, at the Fox Town Hall that we were listening to a couple weeks ago, um, there was the question about pro-life Democrats. And he was not willing to compromise on his answer about a woman's right to choose. And I value that. I want somebody, we may not agree 100% on every single issue, but I want somebody who's going to stand by his values and stand by what he believes in and not try to convince me or otherwise if he knows what he believes in. And I like that about him a lot. Okay, finally, uh, uh, Caitlin, yes. I want you to read what's on Luisa's shirt. Oh. You are such Pete nerds. <laughs> she, she made we this. are the <laughs> biggest Pete nerds. So we're also huge Harry Potter fans. And in Harry Potter, um, when Voldemort rises, is, um, the students, and I'm a teacher, the students band together and form Dumbledore's army. So I made Pete Luisa's shirt and it says Pete's army. Um, and one of my favorite quotes from the book is, um, happiness can be found in the darkness, darkest of times if only one remembers to turn on the light. And I feel like we're in that moment right now and Pete is our light. That's true devotion. When you're making a Harry Potter themed Pete Buttigieg shirt, that's when you know you're spending a lot of time at the Buttigieg headquarters. But that's devotion. Remember, the Nevada caucuses are on Saturday, and the California primary is March 3rd. You can vote early, you can vote on that day, and you can vote in all the other Super Tuesday states that day for those listening there. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank the folks who uh, we talked to, Mike Ramirez, Stanley Breland, Caitlin, and Luis Escobar. I'd like to thank the King, King Kaufman, for weaving this together and producing today's episode. And remember, whether you're spending five hours a weekend knocking on doors or just sitting on your couch and sending in your mail-in ballot, it's all political. 
It's All Political is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Our executive editor is Audrey Cooper. Our theme music, our wonderful theme music that I love, it gets me jazzed up, is Cattle Call, written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Croson. Support It's All Political and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership. It's very easy. You just go to sfchronicle.com slash pod.